1: Hello and welcome to the WrestleTalk Podcast. I am Luke Owen, D-A-D, and I'm joined by that bitch, Tempo T
2: Wrestler. How are you, sir? I am Nightwing today. (laughs) Because Grayson (laughs) Waller, I guess podcast listeners can't hear this, but the costume is being used two days in a row. More than it has been in probably, I don't know, four years? But you said in your, like, written review that
1: went up on the rust talk news that if you move too much in it it makes like an awful noise so you you like that's an, you can edit around that we we're, we're going to mm-hmm. be doing this live you have no option now
2: well see it was more of a problem with the edited review because i was wearing a lav mic that was clipped to the front of this thing so i was really like If I make any kind of movement in this thing, it's going to pick it up because it's so close. Now, because I'm using a mic that's like a foot away, I'm not as worried if I talk with my hands a little bit and there's a little bit of squeaking because I don't think it's going to pick it up, but I'm not, I'm not too worried. Maybe. I was going to. Can can you, can you hear, can you hear me moving around right now? Try again. No, I think you can get away with that.
1: See? See like, uh, yeah, mas- exactly. I'm, I'm not going to be moving around the whole time.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: no, I was going to bust out a Halloween costume for this show. It's Halloween Havoc, so I figured that it I really is. should try and dress up for it. But um, I, I had to take my kid to be registered to make sure she's a real person. And I literally only just got back, really. So I didn't get time to go into the uh, the garage and bust out my old Halloween costume.
2: Shame. Absolute shame. Well, you know, you gotta make sure that your child is real. Otherwise, you'll well, never yeah. know.
1: Well, that, that's what we thought. I prioritized that over dressing up as Chucky. And, like, it's annoying as well, because I would have been Chucky. And that yeah. is, like, very apropos for this episode. Man, really wish I had found the time to be able to do that now. Is it upstairs? I I wore it upstairs. last year. I did wear it last year, but I don't know where it... I'm trying to remember now if it's in if it's upstairs in our bedroom or if it's downstairs in the garage so Mm. we may cut this slightly short and i may run and see (laughs) if i can find it but let's get into this show itself um here we are talking about halloween havoc and the fact that someone should have won a title last night and they bloody didn't here is the show I have got a controversial opinion for you, Tempo. Here is what I'm thinking. I was thinking about this. I've I've literally just got back from taking my daughter to be registered to make sure she's a real person, right? And so I had, you know, a car ride back. And in between singing Alanis Morissette, I was thinking about this episode of NXT. Here's my big hot take of NXT 2.0, Tempest. Hit me. It isn't getting over. Yeah, that's... Oh, that's
2: scorching hot there, Luke. Coming in hot, brother.
1: Bear with me now. Bear with me with my hot take. This new version of NXT 2.0, it ain't getting over. The ratings have not changed since they moved away from the flippity indie nerds that don't know how to get over and can't main event WrestleManias, and they've moved to the Vince McMahon, Bruce Pritchard idea of what NXT should be. They've introduced a bunch of characters, they've changed a bunch of gimmicks, and ain't none of them getting over. With the exception of one man, and that one man's name is Bron Breaker. I am a man who is on the old Twitter sphere. I'm, the, I'm checking to see what people are saying about NXT 2.0. No one ain't saying anything else about him. anyone else. Not saying anything about Von Wagner. Not saying anything about Joe Joe Gacy. Is that what his name is? Not anything about mm-hmm. nothing positive about him, certainly. Not anything about Carmelo. All they're talking about is Bron Breaker and how, hey, Bron Breaker, he could main event WrestleMania. He should be the one to beat Roman Reigns. He should diddly-dee. He should diddly-doo that's who everyone is talking about going into this show everyone was like wicked put the belt on bron breaker now is the time pull that trigger let's get the belt on him at wrestle votes even put out saying today marks the start of the bron breaker era of nxt 2.0 while the champion era winds down everyone won a belt but him and he lost <laughs> in the main event Oh, sorry. A few people have pointed out Tony D'Angelo. Forget
2: about it. Forget about it. Forget about
1: it. What what do you say, Tempest,
2: that he's over? Tony D'Angelo or Braun Breaker? Tony D'Angelo. He's he's over. He's over in a different way. He's (laughs) over in that. He's got a funny catchphrase, and people, when they see him, they'll go, Yeah, there's that guy. (laughs) But when you look at Braun Breaker, I look at him and say, that guy is going to main event WrestleMania in two years. Uh, someone's asked me to do my Barney Rebel. Hey, Fred. Um,
1: I am Lou Cohen, D A D. I'm joined by Tempest T Wrestler here to review NXT 2.0 Halloween Havoc. The main event of this show was Brimbrucker versus Tommy Champs. And unfortunately, Brumbricker did not win the title at the end of the night. What did you make of all of this,
2: Tempest? I don't want to say that they had to put the title on braun breaker you know i don't want to lock them into the box of saying that like this is the only way it could have been done and they did it the wrong way and i'm smarter than them and blah 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 not going to say any of that but i think that they could have done a better job at making braun breaker look more like look like more of a star coming out of this you know i've been writing a lot of of lists about the best matches of, of each calendar year for wwe dating back to, like, the year 2000. And a number of them, I look at, like, maybe the match that Edge had with Kurt Angle in 2002, where he goes out there and he loses at Backlash, but he gets over-exponentially in defeat because he was a young guy who hadn't really been proven as a single star, and he goes in there against Kurt Angle, and he hangs with him, he gets really close to winning, and then the Olympic world champion beats him excellent perfect one of the best matches of edge's career even to this day excellent stuff i thought they could have done something like that here with braun breaker now obviously braun breaker is not as smooth or as polished in the ring at this stage as edge was in 2002 but i still think that they could have done a lot better of a job of making it seem like braun breaker was really close to winning because basically once they went to the outside I was just like, no, nah, this is Tommaso Ciampa. Just beat him. Tommaso Ciampa was solidly the better man, and I wanted this match to be like really close at worst, and at best, I wanted Braun Breaker to win. So I um yeah, like so they went to the outside
1: and they they exposed the concrete and Brom. Sorry, we my list. Brem Bruckham Went to do a move onto uh, onto Tommaso Ciampa and Ciampa reversed it and hit a DDT onto the concrete, the exposed concrete. So, you know, uh, Brom Bredica comes up and he's, and he's cut open, right? And then they slide into the ring, fairy tale ending, and uh, Brand Breakfast kicks out. I've got a whole list of these, by the way. It's going to be someone in the comments who's super mad at me for doing this, but I think it's hilarious. <laughs> um, so, Bryn Brockhouse kicks out the fairy tale ending. And then Ciampa hits a bunch of knees and hits another fairy tale ending. And I'm sat here reading my notes, thinking like, <laughs> I was like, "Crikey, are they putting this guy over strong when he wins this belt? Bloody hell!" Because he's going to kick out of two fairy tale endings. This man, they're going above and beyond to put him, and then he lost. And I was like, "Oh no, he just, he oh, just lost then." All right, like it felt like the, the match was like getting ready to get into its final sequence, and then he just yeah. lost. And like I, I hear there's a you know a few people are making the arguments that champa shouldn't have lost it short title reigns never get anything over this that, and the other and i fully appreciate that and i don't think that i don't 100 percent disagree with this but i go back to how i think that bread baker is one of the most over things in NXT 2.0 if you weren't ready to put the belt on him now don't book this match hmm. because now he's just lost so i was thinking like are they saving it for a bigger moment Is this something they're going to do with like a survivor series or day one? Are they going to, like, you know, put an NXT title match on a pay per view on a bigger stage so it's not in front of the 150 people that are packed out, uh, the the disco that the NXT 2.0 is? So it just felt like it was a really weird decision. Also, like, because they've now made all these changes, Champa doesn't feel like he's the right champion of this new era,
2: yeah. And, I mean, Ciampa, the whole deal with his title reign here has just felt a step off, you know? Like, starting the title reign of Tommaso Ciampa after, oh, 900 days, whatever, since I've had Goldie. uh, In my opinion, Tommaso Ciampa, his first reign, is the best NXT title run ever. That is the best NXT champion. Never, in my opinion, did he... Did the belt mean more than when it was on Tommaso Ciampa? He's having great matches, best storyline in, in promotional history, the whole deal. Him winning the title back should have been huge. It should have been like the culmination of a three-year story, and instead it wasn't even the main event segment on the show. It was the bloody wedding, right? Which, whatever, index wedding, I don't care. It was just it was a throwaway match, basically. It's like, oh, our champion got hurt. Uh, who we got? Tommaso Ciampa, here you go. That that was the extent of the build-up for this title reign. And it really disappointed me then. And now it's been a month and he's just like, Yeah, he's he's just a guy with a belt. Like he's I don't feel like Tommaso Ciampa is the guy anymore. Yeah. It doesn't feel know? like
1: he should be the champion of this version of, of NXT. And I'm not, you know, and this is the other thing as well. It's like, I, I know a lot of people are also argue that, I know, let me get on my list. Uh, Bran Brocker isn't ready to be the NXT champion. In which case, I go back to my argument, don't put him in this position then. Put him into a North American title feud. Get him ready to be in this position. I don't think doing putting him in this position helps him in any way, shape or form. Because now I think that because everyone went into it expecting for Brock Breslin to win, and he hasn't, I think this actually slightly hurts him. I, I, don't, I don't feel that he is more over because of this defeat. And if he's not more over because of this defeat, then this was a failure.
2: Yeah, I I think that's it too, because you look at this guy and they very clearly have high hopes for Braun Breaker. And rightfully so. I think he's the best prospect to come through NXT and like, I don't know, maybe ever, honestly. I think as a performer, I, I see more of him in this stage than I saw in charlotte flair or roman reigns or rusev when they were at this stage in their career he's got so much charisma and so much potential that i absolutely could see him main eventing wrestlemania one day so with that in mind i would be booking everything to make him look like the biggest star possible and i don't think they did that with this match and you could have just changed the way they booked this match in order to make that happen he doesn't need to win but obviously that's the best way to make someone look like a star is having them win but there's just so many things they could have done differently to have this work out in a more beneficial manner it and like it was it was a good match it was all yeah. right it you know it was pretty good it wasn't
1: like it wasn't a star making performance i i would certainly say and like he is a guy that has <laughs> i he is he's overcome a lot of hurdles in terms of the mm-hmm. fact that they gave him a really dumb name. And yeah. and they are doing everything that they can to tell you that he is not a Steiner while at the same time telling you that he is a Steiner. And then, like... But then it's... He, so he's <laughs> overcome this terrible name. He's overcome these mixed messages of who he really is. And then, this is... I feel, Yeah, I feel like this was a step back. For me, personally, I, I, I don't think this was the, the home run that perhaps this could have been you know like mandy rose won her belt and i thought that was completely the right move i like the fact that imperium won because i think msk are the biggest dickheads i've ever seen so i'm (laughs) glad that they lost and i think you know they changed the the women's tag titles which i also think was the uh, the right move as well because the less we have a we start as a tag team i'm all for it just like it, it felt like this should have been the new era of nxt like I know we're in the new era but this should have been like the show that cements this new era and it wasn't quite
2: that. Mhm. It felt more like another it felt like a big episode of NXT 2.0 and I don't think that NXT 2.0 has been a good show. You know, narratively. You can talk about whatever you want with the characters and the the actual wrestling and stuff like that. That that's fine. It's irrelevant in this conversation. Narratively, from storyline points of view and, and just the way that the whole show is tied together, I don't think NXT 2.0 is a good show. So when you have a big episode of a show that I don't think is very good, it's just like, yeah, it was a big show. We got some title changes and everything, but I walked away. I didn't feel like this was a takeover event or anything. I didn't even feel like this was like at the level of a, a special episode of the previous NXT. It was just a bigger than average episode of mxt 2.0 with some title changes on it uh just
1: going to answer a few people have asked me if my beard is uneven it slightly is it's because i haven't had a shave since my kid was born also i haven't hey. cut my hair in a couple of days after
2: so I'm, not, I'm looking like a complete state at the moment it's okay i'm um, completely immobile right now i can't move at all in this <laughs> thing <laughs>
1: Um, Right, well, let's uh, see what you've got to say in the Ultra chat. But however, Tempest, I I can't help but notice that you are in a Halloween costume for Halloween Havoc because you've dressed up as everyone's favorite sidekick, Kid Flash. And I um... (laughs) am... Flash boy. I know you're you're not. Anyway, so uh, you've dressed up uh, for this event. And I feel like I'm now slightly underdressed. So Mm. I'm going to pass this across to you, uh, Tempo, to quickly go through the Ultra Chats while um, perhaps I have a little costume change.
2: Keep cool, Gabagool. Gabagool, forget about it. All right, he's going to go and venture off. Of course, if you want to get in your Ultra Chats, make sure you do that at WrestleTalk.com forward slash support. We will read through everyone that's $5 and above before the end of the show. So with that in mind, Charles Berg says, quite an enjoyable, enjoyable show. Immediately messed it up matches were good almost saw shirai die champa finally did an old kratos costume they look identical they do they uh, did blimp blinker do anything with chucky i'm a bit shocked that brand breakfast didn't get the win kyle o'reilly is a dork yeah yeah he is and that absolutely pains me to my core it really does he uh blimp Blimp Blinker did do something with Chucky. They had a lot of play during this show, which was, you know, fun. Talking about Braun Breaker's dad, the famous Rick Breaker. Goodness me. Dark73 says, hey, boys, I'm going to say that I think the right decision was made to hold off on Braun Breaker winning the NXT championship. For me, since he's only been on TV for about six weeks, I don't think he's ready just yet, but he will be sooner rather than later. He, He said it. He said it. He said it. And even still, people like to say that this is this is developmental and, and stuff like that. Well, if it's developmental, then go all the way with it being developmental. Put the title on a developmental guy. If he's got the potential, I'm not saying put it on Joe Schmo out of the performance center that's got no potential, but Braun Breaker could be a really big guy. He could be a really big deal. And if you put the title... Oh, my God. A lot of these people don't understand what the Brian joke... Ollie called somebody Brian on the podcast <laughs> yesterday. I'm not going to say whose name Brian might be, but...
1: We might have, we might have led that to the
2: audience. Oh, yeah. But I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. So, who the F is that guy? I'm not hey, swearing. Demp
1: Demp Yo. Demp Did someone say Chucky.
2: Oh yeah, they Yay! did. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Chucky was all over this episode, and it ruled. Love the fact <laughs> that Chucky was all over this. Wonderful. Um, I uh, so to peel back the curtain somewhat. I, me, and Tempest were recording the podcast intro and outro that members can watch. Uh, and obviously, if you had listened to this on the podcast, you'll have already heard this bit. And I suddenly thought man i really should put a costume on but where is it is it upstairs <laughs> or is it in the garage turns out it was in the garage so we we ended it like one second like one minute early and i quickly ran to the garage to go and find this i said to them, I was like i ain't got time to put it on we'll have to do it uh like in the middle of the show but we'll I think do it, it, it live could. we'll do it live pal But yeah, so anyway, like Chucky, let's get into the main show. Chucky was all over this because, you know, they've got the sci-fi. He's got his brand new TV series, which rules, by the way. It is a terrific series. Of course, it's a terrific series because Don Mancini is a genius and the Child's Play franchise is my Favoritist of all the horror franchises i absolutely adore those films and i love the new series and i love the fact that chucky was on this show he was kind of like there to introduce some of the, like the stipulations stuff and spin the wheel and scareway. What is what it called the scare way to hell ladder match and sure was um, talking about like the main event they even had a moment when let me get my list um buke newcomb was backstage and he was working out and like the Chucky doll was next to him a callback to when Chucky interrupted Rick Steiner to promote Bride of Chucky I think it was so it was like i, I how, how did you find uh Chucky on this show
2: they really could have done some work on his uh mouth movements during these segments
1: they had one talking- shot I, yeah. they had one
2: shot and they just worked with that you could do better you could do better i'm not giving them <laughs> uh, otherwise yeah it's cool like I, i'm not i'm not in love with chucky to the point that i will dress up like damn it like this but i mean i thought it was it was fine it was entertaining yeah. i like the interplay between him and broad breaker because i i just i pop for stuff like that It was like oh this is vince there was a little easter egg i, I like that <sighs> shout hey, out Joe. to rick breaker do you know what? He was a
1: better host than The Rock was for Wrestlemania. He was a better That's host a than bar. Hogan and Titus O'Neil were for this year's Wrestlemania. Like, I think he's probably been one of the better hosts that they have had for when it he, least, he, was on more, he was on more than one segment.
2: Yeah, He wasn't even the host of this show. That was LA <laughs> Night. Oh wait, no it wasn't. Even no, though he wasn't. won the stupid I'm gonna host Halloween Havoc match last week. Whatever. Yeah, that guy, was his name? Jason Waller? grayson waller grayson that's waller. My, the, the thing the grayson
1: no i know yeah i did not like him much um so uh let's talk about the opening contest though which was this insane in the membrane ladder match this was just oh i mean as a uh a, you know a, a fan who grew up during the attitude era and seeing like high spot ladder matches a man who then you know fell in love with ring of honor through via ladder wars with steen and generico i um i loved this i know some people have not really enjoyed this match because everyone looked like they were about to die at every single opportunity but man i had quite a
2: fun time with this match well it's good to disagree <laughs> with your host sometimes <laughs> I don't know, I, 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 I didn't no, I, I, I I'm not the host of this show Sure, sure Co-host I did not like this match very much Why did you, do know, you but, like this match? Because at some point like, there's a fine line that you gotta walk with ladder matches where oh, I want it to feel crazy and chaotic but I also don't want to feel like someone's actually about to die And throughout this match, I was like, someone's going to get seriously hurt, like, at any second. Like, I didn't have the faith in the performers to do this match safely. Yeah,
0: that's
2: fair. I think that's fair. And it's tough. That is a real moment where I get pulled out of the suspension of disbelief, you know, where I'm just like, I'm worried for the sake of the performers, and it was just one after the other, like, We said on the podcast last week that it might not be a great idea to book these six performers in a ladder match, given how last week's triple threat match also did not go well. And sure, mistakes can be made in matches with very experienced people here and there, no doubt. But I think it's a bit of a trend here. That WWE likes to book inexperienced people in more complicated situations than perhaps they're ready for, and I I, for I see that happening a lot more with the women's side of things than with the men's side of things, and I don't know why that is either. But you get matches like this, and there's like there was a bad Hurricane Ron a spot right out of the gate where I was like, okay, we're getting off on the wrong foot. But then it looked like Zoe Stark might have hurt herself, and then she seemed okay after that. But there was that moment, and then there were there was, of course, the famous Eo Shirai spot that just went horribly, horribly wrong. I, but I don't it was know, just, man. it looked
1: like she. I mean, she's absolutely fine. And yeah, like, she's yeah. she's totally fine. Which, and I think that she was completely in control of what she was doing. I think she knew. I she knew how she was falling. She knew how she was landing her scream falling down makes it sound so much worse than it actually was
2: i'm not i don't know i'm not i'm not super sure just because it, like in my experience you don't want to catch your legs on the top rope you know what i mean oh no. I mean, you don't want nick jackson in this situation no and that to me is where like if she just took like a nasty kind of looking bump onto the ladder bridge i was like all right that's kind of the gig you know, you're taking a bump through a ladder bridge. It's not going to tickle. But just the catching your legs on the top rope moment, I was just kind of like, oh, man, I don't know if that was supposed to happen. But regardless, there, there were a number of spots throughout the the match that were like that, that just kind of like, I don't know. I just wasn't I wasn't super into it just because of that.
1: Hey, uh, you know what? I, I had a I enjoyed this uh somewhat because I thought it was just like it was nut spot after nut spots. I never felt like anyone was ever in any form of danger. Um mm. I mean the I mean the, the only like real like massive botch that I could like really recall was Zoe Stark not doing a very good four fifty. Oh like, that yeah, was, like, that was another yeah, like, one, yeah. That was but like even then it just didn't look very good. But like anything like anytime they were being thrown into the ladder and things like that, like I have seen way worse. Oh yeah with way less experienced people doing them. Those, those are very scary to watch. I actually thought the majority of this was totally fine.
2: Well, again, we're here to discuss. There's not one correct opinion. Everyone's entitled to their opinion. So all of you calling me an idiot in the chat can, you know... Have a have a great I think, day. I, I
1: mean, g- going by the chat, I think actually people are on, more on your side than they are mine. Um, mm. But I will say, uh, you know, like, I, I think something you and I may possibly agree on is that WWE makes movies. It's just the movies that they make are real bad. Yeah. Um, we had a, a, se- a series of horror skits with uh, Dexter Loomis and Johnny Gargano the zombie ref and carmelo hayes and it was real real bad i'm trying not to swear because i don't like to do a lot of swearing on these shows but it re- i really do want to use a word to describe this because this was just like i have made horror movies that's what mm. i used to do with my spare times me and my friends would get together and we would make horror movies and they looked dory. just it's hoi gory, you know, and I, and every single horror movie that me and my friends made looked just as bad as this. The difference was our budget for making those horror movies was fifteen pounds and a packet <laughs> of peanuts. And we had like my, you know, my friend's dad's VHS camera that we were like stopping and starting again to like try and like make our cuts because we didn't have my friend's reel to reel, like tape to tape deck didn't always work properly. So we try and do like the cuts in in, in cameras as easy as possible. It was a bit easy when we when we got a digital camera, but they always looked real bad. We loved making them, but they always looked real bad. But they were super duper cheap and crap. This was really expensive and crap.
2: But mm-hmm. looks cheap. yeah yeah, they don't have the excuse, do they? I, I will give props to Trick Williams and Carmelo Hayes. I think they have good comedic timing together. They made mm-hmm. some jokes that I, I laughed at and that's better than a lot of WWE comedy s- stupid skits like this. Oh the rest of this I just I just want to watch wrestling. you know it's, and um, I said that on Twitter. Twitter. And people are like, well, you're watching WWE and WWE is not wrestling. I need this narrative to die that WWE is not wrestling. (laughs) Because you're going to say WWE, it's sports entertainment. They're not trying to be wrestling. They are trying to be wrestling. They're just bad. It's just bad wrestling. Just because they want to call it something else doesn't mean that a spade is not a spade. You know? And this was another moment where I was just like, I'm watching a, 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 a terrible horror movie ripoff thing that's still comedy that I don't understand what the point of it is, you know? <laughs> and instead, I'd rather just watch Carmelo Hayes face Johnny Gargano and have a great match. Oh, well. it's fine. Who cares?
1: <laughs> the, um, speaking of things that I don't think WWE do particularly well, i mean joe gacy he's he's bad right to censor and he is like like right to censor was one of my all-time favorite gimmicks he is a bad version of that gimmick i get what they're doing i get that he's a heel but i don't think that it's not fully landing i i know people have said this way better than i have so my like really it's just this is bad it's bad rtc The thing that made me laugh the most in this segment, though, because he had a squash match against the lads, is that, man, does Vince love the simple giant gimmick. He absolutely... uh, He has wanted to get over the simple giant for years and years, 20-odd years. It's basically how he brought in the Big Show was to be the simple giant. That's what he loves to do with all of these people. And, yeah, they have got their next attempt... At doing the simple giant gimmick the problem was and I I pointed this out to Ollie when they made this announcement and stuff that they wanted people to be of a certain height they're basically the same height so he doesn't look (laughs) like he's a giant compared to Joe Casey
2: oh man yeah I've said my piece enough times about Joe Casey I think this character sucks I think the only I think the interplay between him and Harlan has some potential there's potential there for interesting storytelling and interesting promos. You know, that that that's neat. That's cool. I mean, in, I'm into that slightly. I just need Joe Gacy to have better writing. And that's not coming. So I'm just kind of like he comes out, and I'm like, oh God. Another thing. It took like three segments in a row before I found something on this show that I enjoyed. You know, and that—that's too. Ma- if I'm watching this show as a casual fan, I'm not making it through three segments.
1: Um, that's, here's that's my. It. Here's my other hot take I've got for uh, this show. Actually, no, I'll get to that in a second. Um, the ha- the other Halloween skits they were doing backstage for the party were also pretty bad. Um, You know how I said, like, Tommaso Ciampa just feels really out of place in this version of NXT? Mm -hmm. I don't think that's even, like, it's so much more true of a statement with Kushida. Kushida Mm. does not feel like he belongs here anymore. And I just sort of looked at him and I was like, I feel really sorry for, I feel really bad for you, actually, that you're here now. And he just feels like out of just I, I think he needs to be out of NXT. Take him up to the main roster because like he does not need to be in NXT. Just take him up to the main roster and have him run around with the 24-7 geeks if that's what he's gonna be doing. But I'd kind of much rather him there because at least he would feel like he would fit on the main roster. He does not feel like he fits in this 24 in in this NXT thingy.
2: I mean, I, I've never thought that Kushida was a WWE guy. Period. He's
1: never really felt right, has it?
2: No. And he left new Japan and he's like, I'm going to WWE. And I was like, why, why? <laughs> like I get, I get it. If it's, if it's simply money and I'm going to have a, a home for my daughter and, and I don't need to worry about money ever again. If that, if that's your number one priority, which it's a business by all means, that's your right. Then cool. Go for that. If it's at all based on career and how you're gonna be pushed and whatnot? I was like, you're gonna be on 205 Live within a month, and now they, they barely even have 205 Live anymore. So he's they, just gonna be. They still exists. have it.
1: They still tape it. It's still on the network. They still do those shows. And speaking of which, I think Odyssey Jones is going to win the cruiserweight championship. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. He's on. He's he's been on 205 Live. I, I think they're just going to just completely do away with the weight limit nonsense, and he's it's just going to be a lower card bell, and it'll be uh, comedy. I've done Bucky O'Hare is there for podcast listeners, that he has got the Cruiserweight title. But I think he's going
2: to win the Cruiserweight title from Roderick Strong. Yeah, go for it. Who cares anymore? Who cares yes. about... Yeah, who cares? Their, their plans of doing the, the, the a revamped Cruiserweight division. That didn't happen at all instead they fired the entire division so why not put the cruiserweight title on the guy that's 305 live uh
1: i hate everyone in the backstage party and then um hey hey uh we had mandy rose versus the american gonzalez because because
2: raquel
1: Raquel gonzalez came out on a motorbike right
2: yeah the american gonzalez i got it yeah You get that? She looked like a highlighter in this in this match. (laughs) (laughs) Um, This match got real
1: silly real quick when Raquel put on a uh, Jason like a like a, a hockey mask thing and sprayed it with a fire um the fire extinguisher thing, but Mandy Rose wins via a hooded figure. And the she then celebrates with Toxic Attraction, who I don't think we actually said won the tag titles earlier in the night. So now all That's of Toxic true. Attraction have got belts. And they all stood in a row with their belt. And I was like, that was the right decision. I like all three of them with the belts, and I'm I think it looks really, really good on them. So Mandy Rose's first championship in WWE as well, I believe.
2: Yeah, yeah. Very very surprising given where things started with all this just a few months ago you know i would not have expected mandy rose to be the one to dethrone raquel gonzalez when she won the title at stand and deliver at all she would not have been on a list of 20 guesses i would have had to to do this but i think that she has been fine since coming back i think that the character of just i'm so sexy so sexy will possibly get played out a little bit but as for this match and i think this was the correct move toxic attraction should have had all the titles i would have gotten to it a little bit differently but we've ended at the correct point and we're going again with dakota kai
1: yeah okay yeah so the um I was going to make a point then about Mandy Rose. Oh yeah, there's a reason why I think you'll think that her I'm a bit sexy gimmick is going to get tiresome. It's because Carmella has the same gimmick on Raw. Precisely. And Aaliyah has the same gimmick on SmackDown. Mm-hmm. That is why it will get tiresome. Uh, but yep. yeah, you're right there where you said that the, the, the hooded figure revealed themselves to be Dakota Kai. So I guess do, she's do, not do, being do, up do. after all. <laughs> Dakota Kai doo, doo, I, guess, doo, doo. I guess she's not being called up after all she's gone back to NXT and yeah there's like a slight disappointment then that she is just going back into a feud with Raquel like I felt like that ended we had the yeah. we had the full stop of that story and I don't know why we're doing in the same way why are we doing Nakamura Harry Corbin again why are we doing uh, Bianca Belair Becky Lynch again why are we doing Dakota Kai versus Raquel Gonzalez again
2: yeah, I don't I don't know. It's the way it's the WWE way of booking where the babyface won the blow-off match. Sorry. And then they he- Eva Marie also has the same gimmick. Also true. Also true. God. Good lord. But <laughs> the babyface won the blow-off match. And then the heel just attacked them for the heat again. Is this TNA? <laughs> This is Mr. (laughs) Anderson attacking Kurt Angle after he'd gotten the blow off. Ah, Whatever. I I don't know, especially when you consider that, I think earlier on this show, before this match, we had a a vignette from Kaylee Ray, who's Mm -hmm. mad. She's mad that she came here and has basically been forgotten about. And it's like, yeah, you've got Kaylee Ray over there. If you want Raquel Gonzalez to do something else, you set it up on this show that she's pissed off about not getting an opportunity. Have have Kaylee Ray attack Raquel Gonzalez, and then you've got something new. The problem there, though, Tempest, is that
1: like, it, why would you attack someone to make them lose the title? Surely you would want to attack them so you can get the title? Anyway, that oh. uh, doesn't really matter. Someone also just pointed out then, like, didn't Dakota Raquel only have one match? You only need to have one match. You yeah. don't need to have a series of three or seven. You could have just yeah. done the one match, but it, like, Dakota Kai could have lost that match and got called up and it would have been fine and dandy. This is basically taking a step back and going on a roundabout. Um, at this point of my morning, Tempest, I oh. had to take my daughter for a little bit because my, uh, my wife needed a bit of rest. So my notes start to get a little bit sparse uh, <laughs> at this point here because I'm typing with one hand. My notes basically go, this movie sucks. This guy's an annoying prick. The third Uso debuts. Hey. Like There's sort of like, like three segments, and I had those of my notes that I had.
2: Yeah, I, I can I can pretty much work out what what you're on about. <laughs> yeah. I think this this was the the second half of the the Carmelo Hayes chasing around the haunted mansion and stuff. You know what? I would want to watch if I wanted to see a haunted mansion. I'd just watch the goddamn haunted mansion. I'd watch Eddie Murphy running around a house with, with ghosts. It's real good. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't have the energy. I don't have the energy. Yeah. Shout out to the Muppets. I'd rather watch the Muppets. Remember when the Muppets hosted Raw? That was also terrible. Do I ever? Like that was a terrible is, episode of Raw. Oh, what are you talking about? They had the thing, like,
1: everyone on Twitter was saying like, this is like proper early days of Twitter as well, everyone was going like, oh man, I hope they do a segment with Beaker and Seamus.
0: And then they did and a segment they did.
1: with Beaker <laughs> and Seamus, and it was great! <laughs> and we were all like, hey, they did the thing that we all thought they would do, and we all loved it.
2: I'm pretty sure... I oh. It's either that or, or one like two weeks apart from it, because I talked to Brian Alvarez uh, in Chicago when I was there for All Out, and I brought up, because I'm pretty sure the Muppets episode of Raw was the first ever show I ever listened to from the F4W world. And I told him about that, and I'm pretty sure that episode is is where he goes back and like reviews the Jeremy Piven episode of Raw <laughs> to make sure that it was not, in fact, worse than the Muppets episode of Raw. It's either that or the walkout, but man, 2011 was a bad time for Raw. Also, there was, yeah, on that Muppets thing, <sighs> like the next pay per view that they have after that, there's
1: a moment when Jack Swagger is having a match. And there's nothing that sums up WWE's mid card from that period more than Michael Cole saying about Jack Swagger Jack Swagger's had a tough time in the moment, looking to gain some momentum after being embarrassed by the Muppets on Raw. <sighs>
2: oh, I can't <laughs> believe he didn't get over. <laughs> Oh, the third Uso showed up. Yeah, he did. Solo Sokoa, yeah, Yeah. so good. Uh, It's not not shocking. All of the you know the Usos and and their Usos are very very good. I'm more and more shocked by the day that WWE didn't seem to want Jacob Fatu. Also,
1: I don't know why. Like, why didn't they just call him an Uso? Because the crowd, like, this is the Steiner thing all over again, right? Mm -hmm. Because the crowd were chanting. Uso at him, and yeah. he looks like an Uso
0: because he yeah. is
1: one. So why didn't you just call him that?
2: I don't know. I would. I, I can kind of understand not wanting to to have a third brother given the same name as a twin tag team, especially if they're involved in a big family. Uh... Yeah. Why would you want to have more family members in a big family based? Well, sure. Yes. In theory, if I signed this guy, I would immediately put him on the main roster and just be like, hey, look, more stuff for Roman Reigns to do. I would do that. But if I'm not going to do that, I understand the thought process of giving him a different name to try and separate him from that. I have a question. Go for it. Is Wale a prophet?
1: (laughs) I know, right? So, like, when, when he got signed, I had so many people message me on Twitter being like, oh, my God. It's the third Uso, and now now that he debuted, and I, can, I knew that he debuted because I had a bunch of messages this morning being like, "Guys, Wale was right. The third Uso is <laughs> finally here," and he debuted. And now i and as, when I was writing my notes, I actually didn't even take down what his name was because I didn't, you know, I, had my, I was trying to hold on to my
2: kid. So I literally just wrote down to remind myself the third Uso. Yeah, I think I think Wale's third eye might be open. I think we should go through and like comb the two QuizzleManias that he's been on to see if we can't find something to place a bet on. Because, I don't know, he's one for one so far. We need to see if there's anything else that we could interpret as, as a prediction of some sort.
1: It's probably something to do with Sam Roberts and WWE going by the last episode. Mm-hmm. Um, we also had um, the tag match between Imperium and msk my least favorite tag team in the history of mankind they're not that they're not for they're not for me i'm an old man they're not for me i totally understand that came out with this dj and i was like i hate these kids they're not for (laughs) me though i'm I'm there in my my rocking chair telling them to to get off my lawn and i um (laughs) they had some lumberjacks come out I wasn't sure if half of them were in Halloween costumes or that was just their NXT
2: gimmicks. Yeah. Oh man. See you know, when you when you said that people don't fit in with this NXT 2.0, I thought you were gonna talk about Kyle O'Reilly. I mean, yeah, this, he doesn't. This poor guy. Oh my <laughs> god. He's he's uh he's the most dead I've seen. He's kind of one of the lumberjacks. Yeah. Him and Von Wagner were yeah they were just hanging out, hanging I've out as a couple lumberjacks. There. I, I saw the banana
1: and I was like, uh-huh. man, I believe they got a banana as a gimmick now in WWE. It makes sense. I didn't see Cool Kyle there though. That's oh, that's very oh, that's so sad. That's uh-huh. made me feel very sad. Why would you tell me that? Now I feel really sad.
2: Sorry, dude. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I thought I thought the lumberjack. Oh. Sad Chucky. Sad Chucky. I thought that the Lumberjacks, as Lumberjacks go, did a particularly poor job on this, on this <laughs> they show. They really did. You know, <laughs> like, if, if you're looking at, if this is real and you're going to pay these Lumberjacks based on their performance, I don't think any of them should get a check because they oh, didn't no. throw the guys back in the ring when they got and tossed outside. And then they didn't catch Nash Carter when he did a cutter off the top rope. And then they all left. (laughs) Why were you there? If you were there just to catch the guy when they did a dive, you failed. You failed. There is, yeah,
1: there is like such a. It's it's a very TNA thing to book a lumberjack match where the Mm -hmm. lumberjacks leave. You know, like in the same way that like TNA would book cage matches so they could do interference spots. Like yeah. that is, it's a very TNA thing to do. And uh, yeah, it, but you know what? Imperium won. I thought the match got real good. I thought this end. match
2: was great. Yeah, this
1: match was real good. And like, as much as I think that MSK are kids that I want to get off my lawn, they are very, very good. And I love Imperium. I, I love Fabian Eigner and Marcel Bartel. I was kind of surprised to see them win the belts here though, because again, they kind of feel like old NXT. Mm-hmm. But hey, I, I thought the match were real good
2: yeah i thought the match itself was great like they did awesome awesome near falls towards the end with the brain buster they did a canadian destroyer of course we eventually got the finish which was imperium's really cool uppercut powerbomb combo and and stuff like that it was it was a really really strong match i like the way that their styles mesh together because obviously imperium is the grounded technical team and and msk is the quick high-flying tag team and the crowd was really into msk this time because nice i, I don't i don't want to get into any of the reported stuff for the rumors that have been going around about why msk has been getting booed but i mean if they kicked out those 20 people from the the building better off for it um so i i always just like to see the company getting the reaction that they want if it's not like a tug of war with the audience you know if they can just it's yeah. why i liked when cody got cheered on on rampage jump a week bats. ago you know and then they booed him like... on dynamite yeah dog. i know in the same building <laughs> whatever <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't matter i uh, whatever but yeah i thought the imperium winning this match was a bit odd it's an interesting choice i will give young Should have been the Grizzle Junk Veterans. I don't know whose coffee Grizzle Junk Veterans pissed in at some point, because they come so close to winning all the things. They've been the finalists in two separate Dusty Roads Classics, and then they haven't won these tag team titles. And I'm like, hmm, what's going on here? Because in my opinion, they are by far the best tag team in NXT. Like, hundred percent i don't think it's it's close it's it's them as number one and then msk as like a distant second but i was waiting for those two teams to have a rivalry the whole year and it never happened i was like this is going to be the new diy and revival it's going to be great i'm going to love tag team wrestling in nxt again and then we never got it (laughs) Um, oh.
1: I believe as well. Uh, it wasn't the same building between Dynamite and Rampage. How oh, was it not? Oh, how about that? Apparently so. Someone said that in the comments that it wasn't the same building. Either way, next, get your huh. get, you, get stuff together, Dorks. Cheer Cody. He's great. We yeah. all love Cody here. Um, I don't know why we do. Um, Homelander. But anyway, that was um, <laughs> and we, there was the main event, which we've already discussed, uh, where Brock Breslin did not win the belt.
2: Sad for Bread Baker. Um, what did you What did you score the episode? I gave the episode a three out of five. I could have been I could have been pushed to give this a four out of five because I like the tag match, I like the women's match, and I like the main event. But I didn't like basically everything else. You know, I think that's fair. I would have also given it a three out of five as well. I feel yeah. like my
1: enjoyment of the ladder match having now spoken with you about it and seeing the reaction in the comments i think i might have been completely wrong on that one to be honest and you know that's it's okay to be wrong at times and kind of appreciate that maybe if i go back and rewatch it with sort of more of that and i i may spot more of those things but i didn't at the time um but yeah like it was just it was a perfectly fine episode of the show we put it up into the community poll as well and 53 percent thought it was also a three out of five show with 21% thinking it was four out of five. So it's actually slightly more upward trend to the three mm-hmm. and four out of five. 11% said it was a two out of five show. So yeah, I think it was pretty much everyone is kind of like
2: in the high three, High three, yeah, low four perhaps. Three. That I think that's fair. This was a better than average episode of NXT 2.0, but I just don't think that's saying a lot.
1: Uh, let's get into the rest of your Ultra Chats. Just a
2: couple... Uh, 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 oh, wow.
1: No, 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 because you're going to ask us to do $25 shout-outs, but I'm going to do those on the AEW show tomorrow.
2: Uh, Okay, that that works. I, I go by the list, but you, you, you outrank me, okay, so, so you outranking. make that decision. It was supposed to be
1: on the AEW show anyway, but... Mm-hmm. Because we didn't know if it was... Good. I think Pete didn't realize we had the episode towards the end. So I'm going to do an AEW tomorrow. However, I will plug Patreon. WrestleTalk.com forward slash Patreon. Because we got a great bunch of content going up there over the next couple of days. Including WrestleTalk After Dark. Which uh, some of us will be recording after this. And also, our review. Mine and Ollie's review. <clears throat> of TNA. Bound for Glory. 2007. With not only pac-man jones of Team pac-man not being in a tag match with the tag belt that he won where he pinned sting lest we forget uh taking on aj styles and tomco or as i call them in the review prototype aj and Amos, and it's also got the fight for the right reverse battle royal where 16 become eight and then those eight Become two who have a singles match to set up an eight-man tournament, and then the person who wins that tournament wasn't part of the original sixteen, and he beats someone in the semifinals who was part of the sixteen but not part of the final eight. Now, if that doesn't convince you, do you, do you want to add something to that, Tempest? Vince Russo is struck again. So, you could just you know backers on the strength of that. I think this may change your mind, though, to read this review, or to watch this review. I read out my forum posts <gasps> all the, from the time of my thoughts from 2007. Like, Whoa. live thoughts. We go through, I found a bunch of my old, like, we did this the last time we did a TNA show, I found, like, all of my old forum posts about it. But you get to hear, like, young, how do I don't know what it would have been, 2007, like, 21-year-old Luke Owen's thoughts on tna in that moment and we basically find out why a lot of people on that message board didn't like me much <laughs> <laughs> and I was a big old nerd Um, yeah. Let's get into the rest of your Ultra Chats. Will Campbell said, Hi guys, I uh, have to say, disagree about the show. With the main event, after champion hit the DDT on the concrete, Braun still kicked out, then champion had to damn near kill him in order for him to stay down. Also, I thought the uh, HH segment, the haunted house segment, was pretty funny.
2: I Again, I said in the in the edited review, if you like this kind of thing, more power to you. I'm glad that you're getting a thing you like this is my review and i didn't like it we're both entitled to these two opinions i'm not going to exactly. say that you're wrong for liking it i just don't want to be told that i'm wrong for for not liking it not saying that that's what you're saying he's not he just said he disagreed but yes um colin
1: ryan said this was a total tangent, but it's wwe's entrance presentation just kind of bad the screen's mm-hmm. massive but it's still only images of really short clips that go onto it, and it makes the wrestlers look really small. Well, that's because Colin, you've got to get them ready for when they get AR, because AR is basically replace Tron videos.
2: Oh god. What a step backwards. Isn't it just? Jesus Christ. There's only one good one, and it's the New Day. That's the okay. only good AR thing.
1: You're, no, you're absolutely right. So I wasn't saying hey to that. I was saying that fellow uh, Mamadapudi said there, for those who can't afford the Patreon review of MassCode 2007, go watch OSW's review of it. Hey, I mean, I would highly recommend you do because I think OSW is awesome. But do OSW go through their forum posts from 2007? <laughs> I don't think they do. Um, and finally, the legit underboss said, I'm with you, Luke. I didn't like the rascals in Impact. I do not like MSK. Also, how long till Fuego 2 is AEW champion? <laughs>
2: that's interesting. I don't, I don't know. Somehow I doubt that's ever gonna happen, but maybe it's not the craziest idea I've ever heard. It's like it Mr. Isn't. Mr. America. Someone like Cody when wrote. when me and Laurie like
1: reviewed an impact show, and I said then I was like, man, I hate these rascal kids. I was like, they just come out and they do this stupid thing under their chin. No one was like, yeah, it's from the Rascals meme. I was like, I know what it's from. It doesn't make me like them. It just I just think they're a bunch of I just agree with uh, Zach Gibson. They are the biggest knobheads I've ever seen.
2: Another reason why the Grizzle Junk veteran should have <laughs> yeah, won the titles. <laughs> <Exactly. laughs>
1: Right. Okay. That is it for this episode of NXT uh, Halloween Havoc 2021. Thank you all so much for joining us. I'll be back tomorrow uh, here on the Restop Podcast Channel reviewing AEW Dynamite with Ollie Davis. What's on Dynamite tonight? Forgot uh, Punk, uh, Bobby Fish. Yeah. On. Uh, let's get it. Let's check Twitter. We've got a bit of time. We'll let's go see what's on Dynamite tonight. Don't
2: I know. should know this. I should know more about what's on these shows. Uh, there's like a Dark Order and Elite match, I think. There is, yeah. Sammy Guevara, mm. Ethan Page. Ooh, yes. That sounds fun. That
1: does sound fun. Um, it's also Bobby Fish's birthday
2: today. Hey, it's hey, my, my sister's today. birthday today as well. Is it really? Yeah. Birthday. Yeah. Um, I think she's just getting out of bed. <laughs> <laughs> There's uh, the Hikaru Shida, Serena Deaver having their oh, next yes, match. Yes,
1: you're right, that is. That first match was a banger as well. Really, yeah. really looking forward to that rematch.
2: Really looking forward to it. Um, that might be the thing oh, I'm looking forward to most on the show, honestly.
1: We've also got one last Ultra Chat that's just come in from Committed Productions who said, number one, huge fan. Number two, who do you have beat Hangman for the belt in a year? I'd say do Batman Nightfall with Miro as Bane. <laughs> And three, can you tell Adam to stop being so uppity about the new DC movies? The Batman looks cool. Yeah, protect DC.
2: Nightwing. You,
1: um, how did you uh, feel about the Batman
2: trailer? Oh, I think that movie looks great. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm really looking forward to the Batman. Honestly, of all the things that the pandemic has, has delayed and and such... I think that I've been most hurt by having the Batman delayed. I think that movie looks so cool. Um, I like this Tempest sister is Bobby Fish.
1: Um, yep. I um, I mean I, I did a, a deep dive review of it over on Cineworld's channel if you do want to hear my thoughts on it but in short, I've seen that bat movie uh, Batman movie already. I uh, saw it about a decade ago. I'd, I'd have preferred to have had something a slightly a bit different from my Batman films. Oh, it's going to be different,
2: Luke. It's going to be an indie Batman film. That's what the other ones were. They were not. Yes, Batman are. Begins and Dark Knight Rises were not. They were massive blockbuster, huge summer, incredible movies. Where were movies. you on? Where were you on forums back
1: in two thousand seven? That's what everyone was saying about Batman Return. Like, uh, sorry, Batman Returns. Everyone was saying about like Batman Begins, The Dark Knight. Man, it's like if an indie movie mate got the, like a big budget to make a Batman film. It's what everyone yeah, was
2: saying at the time. You're just but now it's repeat. actually was- like an indie movie. Now you've got like you, you've got. You've got Robert Pattinson, who is a good actor. For all the great. Twilight folk out there, he's a great actor. You got Paul Dano, who's going to be an incredible Riddler. You've got Colin Farrell looking unrecognizable as the Penguin. You've got Zoe Kravitz looking like Zoe Kravitz as as Catwoman, which is is a okay with me. Hate that Ooh. costume though. I I, I, don't, I don't care. I don't care. Hate it's, that costume. Doing doing the trick. Doing the trick. You got those guys. You got Andy Serkis acting. You can see his face. I'm really looking forward to this movie. I think this movie's going to be great. I'm sure it will be
1: great. I've just I've seen that Batman movie Me- like already. In fact, I actually, saw it twice recently because they basically did the same thing again with uh, with the Snyderverse version of Batman. So oh. of here's here's my hot take, uh, Tempest. So to, to wrap things up
2: here, are we doing this here? Is this where <laughs> we finally come to? It's been like two years that I've been waiting to have this conversation. Go ahead. Here's my hot take, Tempest
1: um, Warner Brothers and DC have done everything they can to move away from the embarrassment of Batman 66, when actually mm. Batman 66 was the most comics accurate Batman. And <laughs> they just are too ashamed to
2: admit that. <laughs> it's so, not what I thought you were going to say. Well, you're going to say Batman and Robin's great because it is. Oh uh, no! I didn't think you were going to say that either. We can talk about that another time. He <laughs> knows what it yeah, is. Yeah. See. Okay. I I will say quickly. we're this is just a Batman podcast now. I find more enjoyment in Batman and Robin than I do in mm-hmm. Batman Forever.
1: Uh yeah. No. I I I can suddenly see that. Like I love Batman Forever. Of course I love Batman Forever. I was ten when it came out. Um. But like I I I've got a soft spot for Batman and Robin as well because. It knows it's a silly comic book movie. Like it knows it's a toy advert. So it's just a toy advert. It's just—it's a bad comedy. Its its biggest fault is it's not funny. It's not a funny comedy movie.
2: But it's so
1: bad that it's kind of—it's funny so bad. But I love it. let me credit. to
2: break the ice. They
1: knew. They knew. Cool they... <laughs> Hey everyone, <laughs> chill. Um, great stuff. You have been all over this podcast uh, while I was away. Like, like I kind of uh, I handed the reins over to sort of Pete somewhat, and then I was tuning into, like, episodes, and
2: Pete wasn't there, but Tempo was. Like, Tempo's yep. was on every single episode. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I don't think I had, like, a calendar week where I did all four shows, but I definitely had seven-day periods where I did all four shows. Thanks for that, mate. Really love talking about raw. <laughs> You're very very welcome. Well I
1: I enjoyed you talking about raw if it
2: makes you feel any better. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. No, it was a lot of fun. I managed to I managed to check off a number of like podcast combinations that I hadn't done yet. Cuz before you left, I don't think I'd ever done a show one-on-one with Ollie. And I I had certainly never done a show one-on-one with Lori. So And we said on on the the podcast Extra Bits that the intro to the podcast was the first ever one-on-one conversation (laughs) that Lori and I had ever had. So we were just fully out in the open going through this experience with everyone else. But no, I mean, obviously, we enjoy having you around. And I obviously enjoy splitting the workload with as many people as possible. But it was fun. Talking about wrestling was, can yeah. still be fun sometimes.
1: It was like you know, I was saying this to Ollie yesterday when we did the Raw podcast. Like, I didn't watch the shows, but I did continually I you know, I always listened to Fightful's reviews. I listened to Going in Raw, and I became a listener of the Wrestle Talk podcast, and I very much enjoyed it. It was it was very good. And I thought you and Ollie, in particular, I thought your SmackDown review and Rampage review were mm. very very good. Um, although I did, I we often get messages from people who listen to the podcast being like. It's nice listening to the podcast because it's like being part of a conversation that I don't have to be a part of. I can just sort of sit back and just enjoy the conversation. Whereas I was listening to it being like, I need to interrupt these two idiots saying these two very (laughs) silly things. There's a moment when you, like, Ali was making excuses for SmackDown, being like, I mean, yeah, they only had, like, 24 hours to book it because they've only got back from Saudi Arabia. Like, that's not an excuse! Do it the <laughs> week before! If you knew what the results of Crown Jewel were before Thursday, book SmackDown then! So you don't yeah. fly back from Saudi Arabia and be like, ah, oh, Smack, now what do we do for the show? That's not an excuse, Ali.
2: You, in fact, do not need to book your show the day of. You can book it ahead of time, yeah. Smackdown, exactly. You and I are all doo doo. We're doing Smackdown, and
1: that was the other thing I was going to say as well. I appear to be the only person in the world who is excited by the Smackdown roster. I think Smackdown got the better roster out of the draft. When I say better, I mean the most interesting one because they got like a bunch of new people there, like a bunch of new faces. Whereas, like, Raw feels like the same Raw roster we had three years ago.
2: I can't totally agree. They they have hit row, which is a, a definite plus. That's an improvement to any roster. They've got hit row. They've got a couple of people from NXT besides them. Yeah, Ridge Holland, Ziya Lee, like brand new faces. That's exciting. Names. I'm very excited to see. <laughs> Ziya Lee should should do fine. They can debut her right after they debut Ma- uh, Mia Yim. Um. Hmm. Christ. Yeah. Yeah, but otherwise, I mean, I'm looking at this SmackDown roster and I'm like, well, I guess I'm strapping in for six months worth of Charlotte and Sasha Banks, which I am not looking forward to whatsoever. And then there's a bunch, like, I'm just looking at this and I was like, this is a bunch of matches that I've seen before. And I'm not, if I had any faith that they'll do stuff creatively and interesting and new and fresh, I'd be like, yeah, give me an intriguing storyline between Roman Reigns and Jeff Hardy. Or Roman Reigns right. and 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 Nakamura or or Ricochet or or whatever, and I'm just like, but I'm not expecting any of those things. They well, might no, have matches, but
1: no, that's because Nakamura's getting to go, going
2: to a feud with Happy Corbin. You saw again, right? again, I did. I wish I didn't. But I did. <laughs> oh, we're getting on the carousel and we're going around a few more
1: times. Christ! Oh yeah. Right, well, we're going to end this here because I'm going to quickly run to the garage and see if I can find my costume uh, because I I now feel like I should wear it for this show. Thank you all so much for listening. If you enjoy me and Tempo together, we're going to be doing it again on SmackDown this coming Saturday. Take care, everyone. I love you. Goodbye.